Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports Car Nation. The hobby is the people. Weekly news and interviews. It's your number one source. Sports Car Nation. The hobby is the people. Here's a gentleman who's a fierce advocate and ambassador for this great hobby. He has his finger on the pulse of the hobby. However, his voice is nowhere smooth as mine. But he does try. Here is John Newman. What is up? Welcome to episode 234. Well, we just, you know, celebrated Memorial Day. Not so much a celebration, maybe the wrong word, but day of remembrance, right? We we remember those who gave the ultimate, paid the ultimate price, right? Gave their lives to the freedoms uh, that we have to partake and enjoy the things we enjoy partaking in. So whether that's, you know, sports cards or whatever other hobbies, uh, you know, Memorial Day, is, you know, I think sometimes people get Memorial Day and Veterans Day sort of intertwined. Veterans Day is a celebration of all those who serve, uh, and Memorial Day is a day of remembrance. And uh, I always take multiple times to kind of quiet moments to think about, you know, there's been over a million people, you can look it up if you don't believe me, uh, from the Civil War to current times, uh, over a million servicemen and William uh, women have laid down their their lives uh, in service of this country. So, you know, we we only have take one day, but really, you know, it's it's 365 days a year we have our our freedoms, and so we owe that to those folks serving. We owe those that to those folks uh, who gave the ultimate uh, sacrifice. So I just wanted to to acknowledge that uh, here, and um, I hope I hope your Memorial Day was a fun one spent with family, friends, and the like, as as I did, and uh, was uh, was kind of uh, fun. Uh, uh, we had some ribs on the grill and, and some food and uh, hung out on the deck. Uh, me and my son Jordan smoked a, a few cigars, and uh, uh, my dog uh, was trying to catch uh, a mole, and I tried to save the mole. I actually did save the mole. Uh, but he bit me, so I uh, got bit by a mole on Memorial Day. There's there's my uh, 15 minutes of mole fame. But uh, great guest today, we got Chris Harris, uh, fellow Hobby Hotline teammate. Uh, first time on the show uh, somehow, but uh, 
as I always say, better late than, than never. And Chris is a pull-no-punches guy. Uh, you don't have to wonder where Chris stands. He he will tell you. Uh, he reminds, you know, I try to be like that. I will give you my honest and straight opinion, and, and Chris does too. And he's been in the hobby a long time. And I, I always say anyone that's in the hobby for those kind of years uh, loves hobby, has a passion for it. So don't make, mis- you know, don't mistake Chris's directness with lacking passion for the hobby. He's, he's a passionate uh, guy and uh, finally glad to have him on and uh, want to talk about a variety of subjects past and and present and uh, I think you'll enjoy the conversation time for our hobby is the people announcer of the week hey everyone this is Alex here from relics cards and collectibles in Toronto representing the relic squad I just want to remind everyone, the hobby is the people. If you'd like to be the Hobby is the People announcer of the week, do a WAV or MP3 file and send it to sportscardnationpc at gmail.com. Hi, this is Pat Hughes, Cubs announcer, coming to you from the sports card shop in beautiful New Buffalo, Michigan. The Gocher family has built an incredible place here for collectors to buy, sell, and trade cards and memorabilia. Be sure to stop by and let them show you around. TheSportsCardShop.com, connecting sports, athletes, the hobby, and collectors around the world. Are you a new sports cards collector or someone returning to the hobby? Maybe you're just looking for a friendly, trustworthy hobby community to hang out with and enjoy collecting. Midwest Box Brands has been bringing collectors together for many years with affordable breaks, helpful threads, and a Discord group packed with generous people who genuinely care about the hobby and other collectors. Check out the breaks at MidwestBoxBreaks.com. Our goal is to bring you as much value as possible. Also, find us on Twitter at Midwest Box Brands. Hey folks, John here. Just wanted to remind you, use the discount code MBB10 for 10% off your first order at MidwestBoxBreaks.com. All right, real happy to be joined. That's the sports card shop. At uh, guest line uh, by my friend and fellow hobby hotline teammate, first time on this show somehow. That's my bad, but somehow. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, better late than than never. So uh, it won't be never now. But uh, Chris Harris, welcome to Sports Card Nation. Great to be here. Great to be here, John. I just all want right. you to, you to know, and all the 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 listeners and viewers that know at home watching, I am not a hundred percent tonight. Yeah, I just a, uh, woke up this morning and I felt like I got run over by a truck. So yeah, I've I'm been letting this virus pass. So yeah, I've been there. It it stinks. I appreciate you. Like I said before we recorded, appreciate you. You playing hurt, Chris, and uh, I think that's just a testament to the kind of guy you are. That, that anything for you, John. <laughs> anything. I almost believe. I almost believe that. Uh, all right, Chris. <laughs> Let's start out with it. it's the old boring standby question, but you know, kind of how you got your your, your first foray uh, into the hobby. Well, I think we're roughly the same age, give or take. 
Yeah, um, I'm fifty. I'm fifty. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm a little bit younger than that. Not much. I'm not gonna say how old, but uh, I, I guess what this what uh brought me into baseball cards is that all my peers at St. Francis de Sales Elementary School in Barrington, New Jersey, uh, all collected. And um, that kind of got me into it. And when I was maybe six or seven, my grandmother gave me like an old shoebox of my uncle's cards. And from that point on, I've been a, I've pretty much been a card collector. Um, I know there are a lot of folks our age that kind of, uh, stopped collecting when they discovered other things like uh, alcohol and cars and girls, but I never did, which is, I guess, why I never got much into alcohol or cars or why I'm still single, so... <laughs> well, there's, wor- there's worse things. We're glad, we're glad you're in the hobby, and... Uh... Uh, so, you know, when you did, when you first started, was it, what was it? Was it players? Was it teams? What was your target uh, of, you know, of your collecting? Uh, well, lots? I kind of grew up, came of, of age uh, during that time when the Phillies won their first World Series in 1980. And uh, they went to the World Series again in 83. And that's kind of what drew me and my peers into baseball. Um, I'm going to tell you a little something about myself that I don't tell to, uh, that I, I don't think I've, I've uh, said this to many folks, but I always knew I was a little different than other kids. Um, I always wanted to classify things, you know, I was always good at math. I was that one kid in your math class that got the answer right, but didn't show their work. So I always got like 10 points off each question. Uh, But I was also into like making lists of things and trying to build a set of things. Um, I didn't realize about this about myself until I was like halfway through grad school, but there was a name for that and it's called Asperger's syndrome which is uh, on the autistic spectrum. So um, there, I, I guess I just outed myself as an, as a. Uh, well, listen, no, it's, you know, it, and, and, and I work uh, with youth uh, for my job and there are a few kids that have Asperger's. Some have, uh, all, you know, fully autistic. Um, there's different levels. Obviously you're at a, at a high functioning yeah. level with, with, what you do for work. And, and so, and like you said, you, you were answering the math problems basically yeah. in your head without having to, to write it down. So that's, that's a testament to what functioning level you, you are. And, and again, kudos for, you know, and, and like, and like I said, when I was a kid, we didn't know anything about this. They didn't test for any of this stuff. And, and like I said, I didn't even put a name to what I am until maybe 15 years ago. So, well, Chris, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you, you know, uh, you know, being honest with that and, 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 you know, that it takes a little courage to, to say that, but again, you're, you're highly functioning. I've known you for, I don't know how many years now, three, four, five years. Uh, so long. I don't even know the exact number. Um, if you wouldn't have said that, I wouldn't have known. And so I guess that, that is, 
you know, and, and I think too, Chris, and I don't want to make this a non-hobby show either, but I think it's important to talk about. Um, I think, you know, back then, like you said, 15, 20, 25 years ago, even further back, you know, we didn't know as much about a lot of yeah. a lot of these. And then even what we did, right? It was sort of taboo to really like say, "Hey, I'm I'm <coughs> dealing with this," or you know, "This is what I have," or, or you know. And now it's uh, now it's more people are more accepting, more understanding towards that. Uh, I I see that firsthand uh, every day in my job, Chris, uh, yeah. at the high school at the high school level. So. Uh, you know, doesn't change how, what I think of you or how I feel about you. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, being brave enough uh, uh, to to share that. Uh, you know, let's start out with, uh, you know, something that just, let's start out with a current topic. Uh, you know, it just broke really a couple of days, a day uh, before we're, we're recording this. Uh, PETA uh, Fanatics trying to get their own vault and marketplace uh, you know, uh, buying PWCC and really eliminating a lot of the legwork. It's already up and yeah. running. They just come in. Uh, a couple things, your thoughts on that, uh, you know, regardless of what you think about fanatics, just from, I guess, a business, uh, and this is, a, you know, a hobby is a business too, just from a business perspective. And do you anticipate, do they keep the name of PWCC or do they put their own uh, brand on it and and change it and and maybe the timetable in your mind for all this to to occur. Well, as far as a as a fanatics buying PWCC, why reinvent the wheel? Why why go through the trouble of building out your own vault, building out all, all that when you can just here here's some money. Can we buy yours? I think it's I think it's pretty. I mean, these are not stupid people running fanatics. That, that's one thing. Um, as far as the name, I, I think they might change it to PWCC, a fanatics experience. But, you know, there, there's some equity in that brand, so I, I wouldn't surprise me if uh, if they keep it. There, there is equity in, in the brand. Chris, I agree with you. I mean, PW, listen, they've... they've probably been the next biggest auction platform after eBay, after getting kicked <laughs> off eBay, quite frankly. Yeah. But as we both know, right, a few years back, uh, there was some definitely a black cloud uh, over the company with some accusations yeah. of shill bidding. Yeah. Why, uh, why Why? did they get kicked off of eBay? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, allegedly. And, yeah. Um, and even before that, though, as you well know, and I well know, there was some indiscretions allegedly with not only shield bidding, but even knowingly uh, sell, you know, dealing with trim cards and people who do trim cards. I remember, I believe it was either the 2018 or 2019 National, their booth at the National was, was a ghost town. I mean, yeah. they were like, they were like, you know, you, no one wanted to go near that booth for kind of guilty by association. And I remember looking then and saying, "This kind of, how's this company going to get past this and survive? This could be the death of this PWCC. As we know now, uh, years later, uh, that wasn't the case. And, and they, they somehow, you know, moved, got past that and, and thrived and then became a commodity that fanatics obviously had interested. Like you said, it's a smart move. I agree with you, Chris. 
you're buying your fall. It's already up and running. It's in the state of Oregon. No sales tax. All the all the perks are, are baked in, uh, you know. But going back to kind of where I started with this little ramble was, you still have some of those bad vibes from a few years back. So I wouldn't be shocked if Fanatics just says, "This is us, Pete. We 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 bought it, PWCC." doesn't exist no more. Maybe some of the staff does, but they're Fanatics employees now. And so this is the Fanatics vault and marketplace. And I think the Fanatics name is big enough they can get rid of the PWCC name and be all right. If they were uh, maybe a different company or not as as global and, and you know, maybe they do keep the PWCC name. You, you, you agree with that or you think they still... well? What does PW? Does anybody even remember what PWCC stood for? I think it was pre-war cards and something else. How much of their business is pre-war anymore? Yeah, it's a it's I a percentage. I, I don't think a it's a super but high. It's not exclusive to pre-war yeah. cards, right? So maybe, but 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 like I said, there's there's still a lot of equity in that name. I don't think that they would change it. I mean look they, they bought tops and they didn't change that name. Yeah. So no I it's gonna be interesting to see. I, I guess my, you know my last question as far as this topic goes, Chris, is how soon do you think they get hands on with that? Do you think they want to be really full bore by the national, which here is a you know a couple months away, or you think they'll they'll kind of quietly ride the year out and maybe really get in there in twenty twenty four. Well, when they bought Tops about a year and a half ago, they really didn't start getting their hands on it until this year's releases, really. So I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't think it's going to take a year and a half before you see either a name change or what anything changes. Um, and, and I don't know, is, is there anything really to change about, about that? about PWCC? Well, you know, obviously they're going to look at the fee structure, what, what yeah. the buyers, pre, the buyers premium, the sellers, uh, what the, the sellers have to pay for, for listing their stuff. And, and, and I, I never actually sold anything off of PWCC. So I'm not really yeah. familiar yeah. with how it works. So yeah. They, they have some decisions to make. Uh, you know, we'll see what they do, how fast they do it. Do they keep it? Uh, status quo, you know, like you said, Chris, we're we're similar age, kind of grew up in the hobby at the same time. While we didn't know each other at that time, we were still around the same age, growing up in the hobby. As you well know, I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, you know, Tops was the big boy in town uh, back uh, when we were younger, and then obviously other brands start getting licensing. Uh, Donruss, Fleer, uh, a score upper deck came even later. Uh, and uh, others uh, after that, Pacific. And, and then, you know, we, we started getting more variety and more competing. It was like that for a, a while, and now with Fanatics in their takeover of, of the hobby, really, there's no other way to phrase it. It's sort of going back to that very close to a monopoly type of deal that we were used to in the 70s and, and earlier and, and beginning of the 80s until that changed. I mean, your thoughts on that? Is is, is you think that's good, bad? I mean, I know what I think, but I, I want to get your your. I mean, here. it's getting bigger, but it's getting bigger 
horizontally. You know, they're not, they have a card company. They have the distribution network, which is the legacy fanatics website that sells all sorts of stuff. Now they have a vaulting service. Uh, I don't know what else is out there for them, but they, they're all buying companies that don't necessarily, that complement each other, but don't necessarily compete against each other. Where I think Fanatics could get into trouble is if they try and buy a competing trading card company. We've been hearing now really ever since last year's national that it was inevitable that, that they were going to buy Panini. Uh, I think, and, and, and I want to say this, I think a lot of people who follow me on Twitter know that my day job is an antitrust economic analyst for the federal government. So this is me speaking. This is not the federal trade commission speaking, even though I work for them, but, I think if they try and buy uh, either another vaulting service to go with, to try and buy up all the vaulting services, or if they try and make a play for Panini, especially with the FTC that we have now that's very activist in breaking up mergers, they can run into trouble there. Again, this is just me speaking, not my employer. I have to get that disclaimer in so yeah i agree i mean i was i was i think i was joking with danny black on on i don't know if it was a private conversation or we record and i'm just i'm just i i said to him you know if this continues the along the line just go and michael rubin could see himself in front of congress explaining some stuff and, and testifying to you know what they're doing and, and how it you know, he'll be trying to justify that it's not a monopoly and everything's uh, on the up and up. I, I mean, I think their next thing they're probably going to look at acquiring Chris uh, that they don't have at this point. And they mentioned it very early on when they announced the TOPS acquisition. They mentioned that they wanted potentially to get into the grading uh, part of the hobby uh, as well. I hope they don't. I see, you know, you. I saw you shaking your head. I, I don't want them to either. That's to me. That's a conflict of interest it when is. you produce when you produce cards and then are potentially encapsulating them and putting a numerical grade. And then you're you're going to obviously grade other people's cards you didn't produce and do the same thing. I just I just think it's it's if if they have any sort of moral compass, it would be something they would uh, avoid. You know, it's one thing to. Yeah maybe do a special with an existing grading company where, Hey, well, you know, all, all of our cards for the next month are nine bucks to grade, but to actually own the grading company uh, and, and, and be the deciding factor on what number your cards that you produce get and your, your, you know, your competition's cards get, I just, I don't like, how that sits with me. I, I, I saw, I know you and I saw you, you know, you, you feel the same way. You, you want to uh, just kind of put your, yeah, on I, that. I mean, well, I, I think fanatics has actually slabbed cards in the past, uh, like in-person autographs that they do with athletes. They'll then put it in a slab and give it a certificate of authenticity, but they don't grade those cards either. But yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think a lot of collectors would take a company, a fanatics grading service, really 
Fanatics Grading Service, FGS, um, seriously, because on the one hand, you're you're grading the cards that you've made and distributed. Nobody's going to, well, I'm sure there are some collectors that don't care, but I think most of us, uh, that that's a red flag. That's a red line you don't cross, and I hope they don't. Yeah, I agree. And it, it, you know, it makes you wonder. Even if they did, let's just just go hypothetically. <laughs> say, hey, they buy CSG. I'll just I'll just make up a hypothetical situation. They buy CSG. Um, whether they change the name or they or they just call it CSG, owned by Fanatics, or you know, a division of Fanatics. People know. Fanatics people experience. people know. People yeah. know who bought that. That news travels fast. I think what you just said, I, I think there will be people who, no matter what the price level, they could be 10 bucks, 12 bucks a card. I think there's, there's some people that just will say, I, I can't in my, it, you know, in my mind, I can't send any of my cards to this company. I just don't feel comfortable. Uh, I don't think it's right. Um, and uh, I think there'll be a, a high percentage of that. So just buying a grading company Chris, I don't think will will equal success. And, and a matter of fact, no. the opposite can happen. You know, I think buying a vault or a marketplace is different because uh, the you know the buyers and the and the bidders set the price. But with right. grading, you you are the judge, jury, and executioner, and that's where I think the difference is between those two entities. So I don't know how they do it. Uh, even if they were to start one from the ground up, not even buy an existing one, just make their own or or, or build their own, it's still the same thing, right? They're going to be grading top slash fanatics cards. That just doesn't sit right with me. I'm sure many others will have the same vibe from from that. And then they're going to grade, you know, obviously old Donruss cards, Fleer cards, all those other brands that are not under their umbrella, and. You know, I know they'll say all the right things that our graders don't care what the card is, the player, the company. They're grading the card, uh, and uh, but you know, it's uh, you can say whatever you want, but I think people are still gonna, you know, the minute <laughs> the minute anyone gets a grade lower than they anticipated, you know, no. all those all those people are gonna come out of the woodwork. I just I don't I don't know how it's gonna be possible for them. It's gonna be very difficult terrain to do that when they're producing cards that would be potentially graded on by their own company. So, and you great point. Yeah, go ahead. Where are they going to get graders? Who's going to want to work for them in grading? I mean, there are, there, you can't just hire a bunch of jabronis off the street. You have to have people with hobby knowledge who know how to pick fakes out, who know how to do LR and top down measurements. Uh, those guys are already at the grading companies. What, what are you going to do? Poach, poach some of those guys like CSG did with BGS. I, I don't see them. I don't see that happening. So. Yeah, it would be very difficult. I think that's what they would probably try to do is, is money talks, right? Say, Hey, we'll give you $10,000 more a year. Come over here. At least the first year, you know, whatever uh, sign-on bonuses, right? They can they can call it all sorts of different things, and 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 like you said, poach some employees. Now listen, they did that. They didn't get to buy Fanini, but they did steal. They did. They, I don't want to say steal, but yeah, they did. Yeah. 
they did poach, like you said. That's probably the best word. They poached a lot of Benini's employees and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, maybe they tried that on the on the grading level. I just think, you, you know, you mentioned there's a lot. Let's, let's be real. Whether you like fanatics or don't like fanatics, uh, there's a lot of smart people in that room. Uh, we're having this conversation tonight. I'm sure they'll be having the very similar discussions when that's a topic on the table. And, and I think, you know, I think that I, I would hope they're smart enough to realize that, you know, not everything they will do will be, you know, Midas touch. And I think that would be something if they tried might be the reverse of, of some of the other decisions uh, they've, they've made. Time to hear from one of our great sponsors, but Sports Card Nation will be right back after that. Iron Sports Cards is your number one source for all your PSA and other grading submissions. Their elite status improves turnaround times. Heck, they even provide the card savers. Their chat rooms provide updates on all your submissions. They also offer wax options and single cards to cover all the bases. Check them out on Facebook at Iron Sports Cards Group or on the web at ironsportscards.com or even give them a call at 1-877-IRON-PSA. Rob's got you covered. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the nation's premier auction house specializing in sports memorabilia and trading cards. With significant experience and expertise in all major sport, non-sport, and Americana collectibles, REA has helped clients achieve record-breaking prices for their items and has done so with a reputation for integrity and transparency. By actively partnering with collectors and enthusiasts throughout the entire process, REA has created the hobby's most trusted forum for selling high-quality collectibles. Go to robertedwardauctions.com for more information on how to buy or sell in their next auction. Let's go! You are listening to the Sports Card Nation podcast. I know you, like me, you kind of like your 80s and 90s and your vintage stuff. You know, what do you think, uh, just kind of coming full circle here and wrapping it up, again, Fanatics just starting to get their fingerprints on tops and, and how they do things. They just did a, a Dutch auction for Bowman Sapphire. Uh, what do you think of, of maybe the direction they, they go? Is it is it something you're leery of? I know you don't mince words, and I appreciate that about you. Kind of where where is your feelings with the current state of, of, of the hobby, especially with the fanatics influence. I like the fact that they're at least trying different things like, uh, like big league, how it was restructured this year um, as a tiered set, kind of like what we had in the late nineties. Um, uh, but other brands like, like heritage, I'm not really impressed with this year. Um, well, like I said, this is really the first year of tops of fanatics tops or tops natics or some other. We need a new term for that. <laughs> Fanatics, fanatics, tops. Yeah, I, I, I like, I like the the big league. Uh, I saw. I, I didn't get to open any yet. It's very affordable at uh, twenty five bucks. Uh, a box uh, and and the card. What I like about it is the cards are different design than the the tops uh, flagship. The other nice thing too, yeah, I, you know, I like the it, fact that they got finally got rid of opening day because yeah, was, 
Yeah. Yeah, that was that was like tops light, really, and no need for it. And then the other thing they did, Chris, as you well know too, is they got rid of some brands, right? That you know, brands like Tops Gallery and, and the like that were just unneeded and unnecessary. Now yeah, uh, a lot of those brands uh where they came they would come out would be later in the summer. So like I think Gypsy Queen is a brand that got the axe this year. Fire Gallery. There were a number of other ones. I I, I forget, but uh, yeah, they they. What are the point? What's the point of these products? That that's what I have to say. Yeah, I, I never I, got Fire. I never got Gypsy Queen. I like I like the old galleries of the '90s and 2000s, but you know the gallery that's come out the last five or six years is really, it's, uh, I think there was nothing really special about it. You know, the other, the other problem with about it aesthetically, it wasn't, it wasn't tremendous. And the price point was pretty high for a non, a non meter moving uh, product. But what I do like is that they're being proactive. Chris, I think you agree that they're, they're looking at some of that that stuff and saying we don't need this. This isn't not what the public wants. But like I've cautiously warned people, they are getting rid of some lines. But you better make no mistake about it. They paid a lot of money to get this licensing for the next twenty years. There's going to be new lines, so you might not get the fire fire in the gallery and 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 opening day. But they're going to be other things they replace those yeah. with. Every brand is going to have a sapphire chrome version, I I think. So there's still going to be plenty of cards. There's still going to be the presses are going to be rolling over time. So it's not like they're they're, It's not like they're getting rid of these lines and not replacing them. There's going to be stuff that steps in their place, uh, and and there'll be just as much uh, cards printed, if not more, most likely more. So it'll just be. I think the question will be what they what what they replace it with. Will it be better product, and will it be accepted better, you know, more readily than some of those staler stale brands that they've uh, now discontinued? I think that's that's the million dollar question, and it's really gonna. I think that's going to be the question that decides whether this company is a success in the next 20 years. Like it's in the, the next 20 years is not going to get answered in a two to three year span, but it's definitely going to set the tone for w- what direction they go and whether they're going to be uh, successful. So we're, we're going to see, uh, you know, we're, I, I'm more of a vintage guy now than I ever was, but I like to open some new stuff every once in a while. So you, and, and just from being in content creation, Obviously, in, in the Hobby Hotline, we, we keep our, our finger on that that pulse to, to what's going on. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do with with uh, with the hobby going forward. And I and I say that like you know the hobby like they own it because they really, in a sense, own you know 75 percent market share. Uh, uh, and so they are going to be a, a, a power player here, whether we like it. Whether we like it or not, that's just where we're at now uh, at the hobby. Yeah, if, if, and if you don't like what Fanatics is giving giving you, there's plenty of other products from 10, 15, 20 years ago that are out there to collect. Like, I'm trying to collect, like, 
a lot of those early 2000s FLIR one-off products that came out, like FLIR box score and splendid splinters and just thick card sets that kind of got passed over 20 years ago. I'm going back and trying to collect those. So there, yeah, there's no doubt. going to be something to, to collect out. I, I, I agree. You know, you hear people say, I've said it, right? A lot of the stuff I like has already been made. I don't have to worry about it coming out. It already exists. It's just a matter of, of finding it and, and finding it at the right price that we, we want to buy it at and, and acquiring it. So like, it's a great point by you, too. If, you, if you're not happy with the status quo, right, that doesn't mean you have to leave or, you, you know, you can be disappointed, but you can also go back and, and with the stuff that's already out there that that you know tickles your fancy so to speak and 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 dabble in that and there's nothing wrong with that and you can do both right if you do like something new you can do the new stuff and the old stuff so uh you know you kind of you're you're the boss of your own uh hobby direction and and that's a great it's the free uh, market that's how it works you vote with your wallet Yep, uh, and and sometimes I think the hobby doesn't realize the power they have with their wallets, Chris. I've I've done columns and articles talking about that. That we have a lot more power, and we don't we don't use it uh, often uh, often enough. All right, kind of coming down a couple two last topics. I want you to talk about you know baseball cardpedia. That's your your baby. I know you did it with a I believe another gentleman. For those that also don't know. Chris. So, <laughs> yep, yep. So the uh, Chris squared. Uh, talk about what that is, where people can can go and 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 see what you're doing uh, so there. Basically, it's an open source, and and it's not just a checklisting site. I I realize there are a lot of other checklisting sites out there. I use them; they're good, but it's also a reference site. So if you go to Baseball Cardpedia and look up. And, and it, it's called Baseball Cardpedia because it's done in the Wikipedia format and engine. Um, you can look up a set, and, yeah, you could get the checklist. You could see how many inserts, how many parallels, what, what, what the game jerseys are. But we also have more information about that set, such as... What are the odds of finding a specific insert out of a pack? The ins- the hit rates. How much did these products retail for when they first came out? How much? How many packs and how many cards in a pack do you get in a box? And just some other, you know, loose trivia. W- when the product was released, those kinds of things. So um, about ninety. 5% of the content on that website was written by me. So it's really a labor of love. Right? We really don't make much money off of it. Uh, we have advertising on it, but that basically just goes to pay the server bill every month. Uh, I, I really want, and, 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 and the thing is, is that because this is a, a Wikipedia style site, if you find an error or if you want to add more to a, a certain set, you can edit it yourself. And, uh, yeah, share your knowledge with folks. Um, the genesis of of Baseball Cardpedia came, I guess, around 2008, 2009-ish, when 
Uh, Beckett Media got sold from not when Dr. Jim sold it to a prize, but when a prize sold it to uh, the current Enter Trust. And one of the first things that they did was redefine the web, was redo the website. And it was a disaster. It was horrible. I don't know if you remember when Beckett redid their website. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. This was the time where they tried to set it up where if you wanted to broker a trade on their website, they wanted a cut of the action. So like a nickel per card or something. But it was it went from a well-designed website where you can find checklist information to just this, this bloated mess of a site. that And, and it was obvious that people knew nothing about cards designed this. Uh, they also, b- before the, the previous owners, or also around, it's 2007, 2008, started a separate website called Beckettpedia, beckettpedia.com. And it was separate from beckett.com, but it was an open source reference website. It didn't run on the Wikimedia engine and it was on a really, really slow server. I think they might have just plugged this in into an old, like, 486 desktop that they had. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I did a lot of contributions on that website. And apparently they were going to, when a prize media sold to the new group and redo, redo the website, they were going to combine... Beckettpedia with the new website. Well, that never happened. So my friend Chris in Ohio uh, and I, we got together and we decided, well, why don't we make our own site? Uh, it'll it'll be a, a checklist and referencing site that's based on a familiar interface, the Wikimedia interface. And that was... I believe 2009 when we started and uh, we've been doing this ever since. And uh, yeah, uh, it's only baseball. We had, I think we had a hockey card PDA, but that lasted for 20 minutes because nobody else wanted to do it. Uh, but yeah, that that's it. Um, if anybody's interested in contributing to the product, you don't even have to ask me. You can sign up for an account and just, Edit to your heart's content, but make sure it's true information because I I do cross check everything. But that's that's Wikipedia. I mean, yeah. Wikipedia baseball cardpedia. Yeah. Well, good on you, Chris and and Chris for you know seeing the need for it when someone else was sort of declining. Uh, it's it's good on you too to to leave it open source where people can contribute and keep it updated, keep it fresh, like you said. Be accurate if you're going to post, if you're going to put something on there, be accurate in, in, in your report. It's good to hear that you uh, kind of keep tabs and make sure no one gets too crazy with the cheese whiz there, And uh, as I like to say. And yeah. that's a great it's a great resource. I've been on it. I've checked it out. I've, I've done stuff on it. I haven't added anything to it, but I've, I've gotten information from it. And uh, uh, I think it's a, a great resource, and I think it shows your, your dedication you saw a need. You saw an opening uh, for fellow collectors that, that can use it. Uh, and so I, I urge everyone to, to check it out. 
Hey, listen, we're a couple months from from the national, Chris. Uh, I know I'm. Yeah. You know, I, I I usually see you there. I'm. I try to go uh, every year. Just uh, uh, coming down to home. This will be our our final topic. Just kind of your thoughts on on the national this year. So this is going to be my 14th or 15th national. I've actually lost count. Uh, I did notice that they've opened up another wing to that convent to the Stevens Center for more tables. So it's going to be a lot bigger than it was two years ago. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this is it, it's it's like baseball card Disneyland. I mean, I go just about every year now. I, I and and for those of you out there that have never been to a national. You need to go at least once. I mean, you, you will you will find things at the National that you never even knew existed and you never even knew that you wanted. I mean, even, even if you're not a card collector or a memorabilia guy, the National is like the largest sports traveling sports museum every year. Just go for the displays and see things like... like Game-worn jerseys from Babe Ruth and, and whatnot. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that every collector needs to go to. And, and I realize that it only rotates between the Midwest and the Northeast, and it doesn't go out to, out to the West Coast anymore. But uh, you need to make the time for this and you need to do it right. You need to get a five day pass because you will not, it'll take you at least two days to see everything. So, um, yeah, great points. And it's under new leadership. So maybe that West coast thing may change here. I I, I think that the new leadership is next year. Yeah. Yeah. But but, I mean, they're, they're already doing meetings and and sort of setting the agenda for, for that uh, transition. Uh, to happen. So, um, you know, we might see some West Coast uh, versions of the show, but great points by you, Chris. I, I think if you, if you, you, you know, you're in the hobby, you love the hobby, you definitely have to go. It's kind of the Mecca. Uh, this will be my, believe my fifth. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm not sure if it's four or five. I'm, I'm getting in that area where I'm losing track too. But, you know, I remember the first one and Everyone telling me what it was like, and it's like this, John. You're not going to believe it. And even what people told me when I walked into that building, even more so than I was anticipating. Even with all the hype and buildup I was getting from people who've been, uh, it, it's something else. And like you said, it's just the museum quality, right? You go to the heritage uh, booth and, and just some of the stuff from game used jerseys and memorabilia. You know, it's funny seeing the uh, the well dressed uh, big guys with uh, you know undercover weapons uh, mm-hmm. eyeing you as you look at stuff, and uh, you know it's like I always get a kick out of that. You know, and uh, but it's a it's a great time. There's something for everybody. You you get to see all, all your friends again. Yes. Uh, again, some people you meet for the first time uh, at the national and and. It, it, it's you know like this show's tagline right the hobby is the people you get to meet all your hobby people you get to see your cards buy your cards uh and you know it, it's it's fine to buy something online but there's, there's nothing beats an in-person 
transaction or conversation, right? We're talking here, uh, you know, uh, on, on a video, but nothing beats uh, talking uh, in person, getting a card in person. And, and that's something that'll never, you know, as someone who grew up before the social media age that we have now, uh, I really do still enjoy it. And uh, I know you feel the same way. Yeah. And the best part of the national is what happens at night when the <laughs> show floor is closed. Yeah. Yep. It's all the, it, it's just getting together with your friends, just going yep, out I, to dinner, just stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Maybe going to a ball game or if the Cubs or Sox are in town. Oh yeah, there's different events. I know. I know. One year, Lollapalooza was in Chicago, and people were going to that. Like you said, even after the show doors close, the night's not over, right? You can, like you said, we we do a hobby hotline dinner. A little shameless plug there. Uh, and we're uh, I just got news tonight that uh, we're going to be on uh, the main stage like we usually are for Holly, yeah. uh, hobby hotline. I don't have any dates or times yet. I've just gotten that, that we're we should get one in the in the next couple of weeks. So so that that'll be good. That'll be fun. And uh, like you said, just doing all that stuff at the show after the show. It's just it's the quickest week. It's like it goes quick, and you're already counting the days down to the next yeah. to the next national. So, uh, Chris, I appreciate you playing hurt here, and and I I know you're sick. Uh, I hope you feel better before uh, before we uh, wrap it up. Give you know, give out anything you want to share. Uh, social media, the website for for baseball cardpedia, and all that good stuff. Well, the website for baseball cardpedia is baseballcardpedia.com. Real <laughs> simple. Uh, my personal website is stalegum.com. You can read some old blog posts from ten or fifteen years ago, and that's where I have my want list. So make me a trade. Uh, you can follow me on, on Twitter at Stalegum, all one word, S-T-A-L-E-G-U-M. Uh, and I write for Hobby News Daily once a month. So yep, that yep, reminds me, I need to get working on that tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And you do an excellent job. So, Chris, uh, again, uh, thanks for stepping up. Playing hurt. You didn't cancel. Here you are. We made it. Uh, and, uh, again, I'll see you. I'll see you probably soon on, on Hobby Hotline, but I'll let you. You can you can give us the last line. I, I know you like to do it. Okay, so people want. To, I've been asked this as to what this catchphrase I do. I feel like I need a catchphrase. There's this DJ in Vancouver named Nardwar the Human Serviette, and his thing is interviewing like celebrities rock stars, rappers when they come to town. But he does this. The questions he asked are like just a he, – he, I don't know how this guy does his research, but he does a deep dive on these guys, and he asks them questions like – there's like a whole genre of YouTube videos of Nardwar baffling rappers with his questions. They're like, how the hell did you know that? Anyway, it's great. He's a great interviewer, a very weird, unusual-looking man. But uh, his catchphrase is, keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 And then his subject is supposed to say, do do So I won't, I won't do the do 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 part, but <laughs> keep on rocking in the free world, folks. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you soon. 
All right, glad to get Chris finally on. Uh, I like Chris. Uh, you know, one thing I appreciate about him, he doesn't mince words, right? He, you, you don't have to read between the lines. I appreciate that about people in general, right? That kind of, you know, they're not nasty, but they just give you their honest opinion. And uh, Chris does that. And, you know, he may be critical of things sometimes, but you cannot argue that Chris cares and, and loves about the hobby. He's been in the hobby a long time. You don't, you're not in the hobby that long without passion. It's really impossible. So uh, Chris has that passion. I'm appreciative of it. Uh, I've always gotten along with, with Chris and uh, look forward to seeing him here in uh, uh, less than two months uh, in Chicago. And we do a, a hobby hotline dinner uh, as well. So look forward to, to seeing him on uh, multiple occasions. For nearly 50 years, Sports Collectors Digest has been the voice of the hobby, bringing you comprehensive coverage of the sports collectible industry. From industry news, auction results, market analysis, and in-depth stories about collectors and their collections, Sports Collectors Digest has everything you need to know about the hobby. SCD is also your leading source for listings of sports collectible dealers, card shops, card shows, and the latest from the industry's top companies. To check out all the latest news or to subscribe to the hobby's oldest magazine, visit SportsCollectorsDigest.com or call 1-800-829-5561. Hobby Hotline is the hobby's only live interactive call-in show. Join some of your favorite hobby personalities every Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and the first Tuesday of each month at 9 p.m. Eastern to discuss the hottest hobby topics. If you miss us live, catch us after the fact on all major podcast platforms. Follow us on socials at Hobby Hotline. That's a wrap for this week. Huge thanks to you, the listeners out there. Because without you, there is no us. If you like the show, we truly appreciate positive reviews. Big ups to our great guests who drive the show and our awesome sponsors who make it all possible. Sports Card Nation will be back next week, but don't forget to catch either Hobby Quick Hits or Card Menches coming up on Monday. I'll leave you with this. How do we change the world? One random act of kindness at a time. Remember, the hub. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is the people.